Right. Welcome back to the current conservative. Today we have on our yes, hello. hello. Today we're welcoming Natalie Carey to the pod. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Hey, guys. Hi, Natalie. Natalie's a good friend of ours, and we've just had some uh, good conversations with her um, over the last couple months, and so we wanted to bring her on, and we feel like she would have a lot to add to the conversation we want to have today. So, anyway. Without further ado. <laughs> Aw, thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. Let's get started. Let's play our little dance music. A little intro. Natalie, wanna... Ooh. <laughs> Do we have to dance? The <laughs> rule. You gotta, you gotta bust me. You're gonna get into it. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just break the ice. <laughs> okay. This is embarrassing. Okay. Is this on the internet? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, it is. We're here. No. Coming at you live. The TCC girls Only you guys. On if, anyone, if anyone asked, else tried to get me to do that, it just would not happen. What are you talking about? Amazing. Well, thank you for amusing us. <laughs> Natalie, do you want to tell us about yourself? Yeah, I am a citizen journalist. I have a YouTube channel and I just like reporting on a lot of the culture war stuff that's going on, a lot of the stuff that's going on in politics. And as you guys know, we talk a lot about communism and the communist threat to America. And that's um, something I really like diving deep into as I see it kind of spreading around me. in subtle ways and not so subtle ways. Um, So yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, awesome. Well, I mean, I guess today we want to talk about just the, you know, as you were saying, how it's all happening around us. And we, you know, we've been noticing a lot of like trans men intruding upon, you know, women's spaces. And, you know, we had a good conversation, just like, where are the feminists? And where where is that movement where we thought like, dang, they would have like this totally covered, you know, because they they totally run on like smash the patriarchy and crazy sayings like that. And then it's like, wait a minute. okay, so now (laughs) we're being forced into literally sharing all of our spaces with the patriarchy. So anyway, um, Sunny, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's wild because especially when feminism, like when we were coming up like in college and stuff, it's like this, I don't know what we call it. The third wave of feminism. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Like they are taking on this new face of like bringing trans people into their feminism. And it literally doesn't make sense to me because they're biological men. Like I just get in fights with people on social media about this because they're like trans and you'll hear it. Like you hear it when they're protesting trans rights are human rights and women's rights. And it's like, how are we seriously taking people? Like how are we supposed to be taken seriously and how can we take them seriously if they are trying to convince people that biological men are somehow women because they just claim to be. It's crazy to me. And I really think that 
the communist ideology rears its ugly head in this way because they've brainwashed women into erasing the own cause that they started. Literally. <laughs> like they're forgetting the, their own cause that they're so, you know, wearing pink hats and marching down Fifth Avenue and marching down the, on the Capitol, like, you know, women's rights. And now you're just like literally letting men take over. And you think that there aren't people out there who are going to be opportunists and like Leah Thomas placing first when he was placing 460, whatever. Mm -hmm. It really gets me fired up. Like I, it's extremely frustrating. And I can't imagine parents who have their kids working for years and years in sports, like to be at the top of their league at the top of their sport. And they just get left behind. I mean, even Riley Barker, like she was saying that she won, she got tied, she tied down, she tied with someone down to the like hundredth of a second. And I don't know if it was, I think it was someone else. Maybe it was Leah Thomas. I actually can't remember. It, is. it was Leah Thomas. Okay. And they literally got the same, same score. And they told her that she wasn't able to take a photo with the trophy because it was better to have a photo up with the trans. Right. I think her woman. name is, I think in the media, her name is Riley Gaines. I guess she has like two different last names. I think, yeah, but, she just, I think it's her like maiden name and her married name is Barker. I'm oh, not sure. Okay. Um, I was also going to say, you know, like how they're saying trans rights is women's rights. They can't even define a woman. Mm-hmm. They, so how are they how are they like still carrying this narrative that they can now define a woman by saying that trans men are women? Yeah. Well, that, I mean that's the point. They can't they can't define it. They always just circle around it. They'll they'll find yeah. another reason to refute your argument. Right. What do you think, Natalie? Yeah, I think um well, if we look at the feminist revolution or I don't know if they call it that, but the third wave feminism, the second wave feminism, whatever, it all goes hand in hand with the sexual revolution, right? Um, it started out like equal pay for equal work, but it very quickly became like, we want to be completely um, free from any restraints, I guess, on our sexuality. We want to be able to sleep with whoever we want, do whatever we want. Um, men can have sex with any woman they want and they get called a player and girls do it and they're called a slut. We want to get rid of that. So we, rather than saying we want men to stop sleeping around, they said, we want to stop being called sluts and we want it to be okay for us to sleep around. And when you start just taking off the guardrails of society, right? That says like, Hey, sex should be between one man and one woman and you should come together and start a family And that's how you form a constructive and healthy society. When we took off the bumpers and we said, actually, we should all just be able to have sex with whoever we want without judgment. Don't tell me what to do and my body, my choice. And now I should be able to um, kill a baby if there's some repercussions from that, that ideology that I'm prescribed to or subscribed to. It's like, what do you think is going to happen? Like feminists, did this they caused it they got us to that place where men men can be in women's sports because they've said hey like we want to be free we want to be free from all sexual restraints and that's Mm -hmm. going to eventually if you follow the logical conclusion it's going (laughs) to i can choose even what you can't tell me what to do at all with my body you can't even tell me what gender i am so i can do whatever i want such a good point 
And yeah, just the, like everything that the left does, it's a progression. Like they are literal mm, progressives. Yeah. And so they believe in that constant agitation and that, that progress of pushing it to this point right. now where they're like, what's up is down and down is up. And there's yeah. just, there's no real right and wrong anymore in our society. We can, I mean, people hardly can answer like, what is truth? I mean, like I said, you can't even define a woman anymore. And so it's just, we've gotten to a point where I feel like we are living in an insane asylum. Like every <laughs> single day, I am like, these people are off their freaking rockers. And 1000%. They've like it, just it, jumped off the cliff. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think something also we've all talked about is just like, it's hard to consider everything that's happening in our culture without bringing up the spiritual aspect. Yeah. And something like, you know, we haven't really talked about on the show quite yet, but like, we are living through a spiritual war, literally. And that's kind of the only way you're able to make sense of the nonsense. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just we're dealing with a new level of evil where right. evil doesn't even um, – is not even scared to hide its face anymore because we've taken off those more moral guardrails Contract. that you were – yeah, like what Natalie was saying. Like they've just diminished all – uh, responsibility for self and taking, you know, taking like part in who you are as a citizen. Like everyone just lives for themselves now. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to say, especially with the spiritual aspect of it too, it's allowed people to absolve themselves of any personal responsibility. And I think mm -hmm. when it really comes down to it, what, I don't know if this was like truly, framed this way, but I feel like the founding fathers really took time to understand that in order to be a functioning society that like is can be sustained for a long period of time, we as a, as adults and as human beings have to realize that mistakes are made and we have to take responsibility for ourselves and our actions and judge ourselves based on our character and, mm -hmm. you know, the content of our character and our actions. And like Natalie, you were saying, it's a very easy solution for people to be like, oh, well, okay, instead of just changing what I'm doing, I can just not label myself, which I'm not saying like labels are good or labels are bad. It's about, it's about how, like, do you have any morality? Are you, are you structuring your life and your actions based on any type of code of conduct or, or any base of values, you know, and morals. And right. that's important. I think also like in order to allow people to have that free freedom, like lack of, or lack thereof, um, because eventually they get sucked into whatever the agenda of the state is. They really don't have the freedom. They're actually enslaved to the system of that ideology. But in order to do that, you need to break down their spirit. You need to break down any type of spirituality they have they have or any type of, you know, oh, there's something bigger than me. There's a purpose here. You know, I'm mm -hmm. I'm a part of something bigger than me. And that's like a, you know, death of self, which modern liberals don't and can't do. They are their own, you know, they can create their own reality. Everything. Yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Natalie. Um, I was just going to say, yeah, and really all you have to do if, if you're the state and that's your goal, all you have to do is um, take away people's conviction, right? Make them just a little unsure because if you're not 
super convicted about what your values are, Mm -hmm. like with religion, for instance, you are going to let things slide. You're going to let things go. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? There's guys in women's sports, like who cares? What's the big deal? You know, you, you don't regard the truth. It's like the truth for the truth's sake. Like if we don't have a standard of what the truth is, I mean, how can we function in society. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you lower people's convictions, you you make them not really stand up for what they deep down believe is right, because it's sort of like, what's the harm? Everybody else is letting it slide. What's the big deal? And then before you know it, I mean, you slid into tyranny. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everything you guys are talking about, it, it really reminds me of The Naked Communist. And um, it's one of my favorite books. Um, I highly recommend it. I think I've talk to you both about it but um w cleon skousen talks about just like the literal foundation of the communist ideology and this is literally what it is it's Mm -hmm. it's the demoralization of society to not even have anything to stand on or protect or have a purpose and they truly believe that we are in this uh purpose a purposeless universe with you know no god there should be no morale. They literally want to release themselves of all morality and responsibility in society. And literally, you guys explained it perfectly that this is truly like the manifestation of the communist manifesto. Mm-hmm. And they've had to demoralize us over the last, you know, I would say the good 10, 15, maybe 20 years um, to get up, to get to this point they want and then ultimately you know not to mention this whole trans agenda has a certain role in like transhumanism and um breaking down just all gender norms and all gender differences they want they want specifically americans to not embrace being american not being like they don't want us to embrace our gender or sexuality just everything is the same And they don't want any, you know, they don't want any like differences among anyone. And it's, it's all about conformity and control ultimately. Yeah. And destabilization. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I I think uh, Yuri Bezmenov talks about that a lot. And it's, it's mm -hmm. a psychological subversion, what we're living through with this type of propaganda and um, the way that they're able to just... I don't know. I th- like a good example is like, you know, they call us fascist, right? And like, uh, whatever, we're not fascist. Fascist, fascism <laughs> for people who don't, do not understand, it's literally like privately owned. You could still have your privately owned, you know, company or whatever, but it's a ton of government control. And so restrictions. You know, yeah. And so you'll get censorship, obviously, under fascism. Um, Doesn't that but- just ultimately lead to? like full-on control I don't under like or there is a stopping point because I think that's the thing that people don't understand is like a little bit of socialism doesn't like turn out well you know what I mean and people always Mm -hmm. use the example of like the Nordic model or whatever and that may work for them but people don't understand how small those countries are and how stagnant they are yeah and they also like it just the whole thing doesn't make sense to me it doesn't work when you have like so many different areas of a country that are completely different and function in different ways, have different benefits and I mean, we're a cultures and republic. 
Yeah, it's we're a constitutional republic, not a democracy, meaning that every state has its own constitution and their own rights. And so it's never going mm-hmm. to be what Sweden is or like Denmark or whatever. And not right. to mention those people, the those countries have way higher taxes, you know. Yeah, like 60 of, to 80 percent. Yeah. So, yeah, again, it's never going to work. Um, and it's just they still do have a lot of government control and these huge government programs, but people still admire the way that it's set up because it's like this partial, you know, democratic capitalism situation, but it's, it just gets really messy and convoluted. So anyway. Um, yeah. And the yeah. bigger the country gets to your point, Sunny, is the, the less connected you feel to mm-hmm. your peers, your neighbors, your society, the people who are, you know, helping to sustain you. So what responsibility do you have for them? What, yeah. why should I not live off of the state? I'm not like, I don't even really know my neighbors. I don't really know the guy who's like a thousand miles away from me paying his taxes. Right. You know, we're not really homogenous and um, the tighter knit your community, like a church, for example, we are to help our brother. Right. But also when you're close community, you feel a sense of responsibility to your community, not to just like suck all the resources of it, take, get help when you need it and offer help when you're able to, but having a relationship with the people that you're relying on really creates this dynamic where you're not going to take advantage of it. And I've already seen in the United States, and we're not even like, you know, socialists like Denmark or whatever, but people I know who are just living off of the state because they can Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who are young people who are um a lot of people who come out to la who have dreams um of working in you know the movie industry or whatever like i know multiple people who are living off the government while they're here um because what sense of responsibility why do they care you know big country there's no face you know to put to it Right. We, yeah, we've really lost that. We've really lost yeah. that. You know, it's like a dirty word to say pa- you're patriotic at this point. And um, I think also like a, to add to that, people who are kind of somewhere in the middle who don't necessarily have like an opinion or know about like, you know, the benefits of like being a constitutional republic versus socials, like they don't really even know what it is. This whole like washing down of the societal structure and like moral construct, it forces those people into, I think it pushes them even further. Like, well, whatever, like it doesn't even matter. Like they just don't have an opinion, you know? So they'll just go down the slippery slope anyways, because it's too confusing. It's too much. It's too chaotic. It doesn't even matter. And then they fall into a situation occasionally where you're getting literally paid to live on the street in places like LA and Chicago, you know, where it's like people have Netflix and get a paycheck to live in a tent on the street corner. It's uh, that blows my mind. I I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I, I understand why some people would want to do that. And I, and I, that brings me to the point of like drugs and drugs are a real problem. Like it's not about housing necessarily. You can put all those drug addicts in a house and that's not going to make their drug problem go away. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think what you, 
you were saying with like the just the entitlement to you know live off the state or like not say anything that kind of thing I think a lot of those people are just like scared to actually speak the truth because like in the name of like you know inclusivity but that's also yeah. the communist mob they're afraid mm-hmm. that the mob is going to come after them and like you know we started off this podcast talking about Riley Gaines and she was attacked at San Francisco State University the other night um punched in the face by a grown man who thinks he's a woman and um you know <laughs> honestly like these people it's hard for me to like you know I don't know how to word this specifically but like my heart does go out to people who are truly confused like the, I know mm-hmm. that there is true confusion like that and that is rooted in the devil's schemes um but I also don't like I want to be careful not to pass judgment on them because I like they're a sinner, I'm a sinner too. So I'm not, it's not coming from a place of like, oh, I'm more like, you know, better than them or whatever, because I really am not. Ultimately, these people do need Jesus. But secondly, like, it, I mean, you can't dismiss, you know, the dangerous ideology that they've like been overcome succumbed by. to. Yeah. Yeah. And you have yeah. to call it out because ultimately, I want to defend you know, the, like, girlhood and womanhood for my, like, future children and my nieces. Like, I want them to have the same opportunities that I had, and I don't ever want to have a conversation with them that, like, I didn't do the most that I could have to help, you know, protect locker rooms and sports teams and whatever it is. Um, And sadly, I just – I don't think it's honestly going to be going away anytime soon. So it's just like, how do we, you know, go forward from here? I don't know. I was um, listening to Michael Knowles earlier today, and he Uh was saying that, um, I don't know how to like word this as well as he did, but essentially there is some genre of porn that's like transgender pornography Mm-hmm. And when people watch it, it's got like a spell or something. I don't know how he worded it, but basically yeah. a lot of this increase we're seeing in trans people corresponds to an increase in online searches on porn sites for transgender porn. Wow. Um, wow. And one guy was saying that um he started watching transgender porn and he at first would imagine himself as the man. And then after enough time, this is like so graphic and I'm just like saying it how I remember it. But um, then after some time, like maybe a couple of years or something of doing that, he started uh, like being drawn to being the woman, this like being in the submissive role or something. And so, and he was saying that he read a bunch of articles of people talking about it. um, And people were basically saying like something about that genre, I don't know what you call it, that kind of porn um, really having an effect. It does something. Yeah. I, Um, Ducky has talked about this as well. And some, I think one of her followers told her this is uh, like the fact that like this kind of porn that you're talking about is like, I don't know, a kink or something. And uh, like people, like these men are like getting off on like being in these women's faces. And it's, 
like nothing is literally more demonic to me. I think mm, um, sick. literally sick. That this is all coming out of this porn problem that we've had with among men specifically for so long. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I don't. I know, I know that like took a weird turn, so we don't have to keep going down. That. <laughs> well, I just yeah. I think also it you know. I really, I think it's important to use analogies like when you have someone who's anorexic, like do you encourage them to not eat? You know, like mm-hmm. I don't understand why it's okay to ignore the this, the clear problems that we're seeing in people who, you know, express this these types of feelings and I think ultimately like as human beings we are like we are searching for a purpose you know many Mm -hmm. people are like searching for something you want answers you want to feel worthy you want to feel deserving like what am I doing here like I want to do I do something meaningful and I think unfortunately because of that instead of you know like turning to God and that can kind of help bring us the trust and faith that we need to just get through because we don't know the answers ultimately. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, they, I mean, a, mo- a lot of people can't handle that, but in a lot of ways it pushes them to do things that makes them feel like there is a solution to the problem. And yeah. of course, as we know, mute- self mutilation is not the answer to the problem and leads to, dramatically more suicides like it's it's statistically proven they've done studies over 10 15 20 years you know because this has been happening also in like in foreign countries like there are you know it was like it's like a thing you know so it's it's very crazy that this is something that we're encouraging I think you're right Ali I don't think it's going away and that's like I was gonna bring up the the whole thing about Dylan Mulvaney being like a freaking spokesperson. Like mm-hmm. I, I, it's, oh gosh, I don't even know. I just like have, make sense of it. Like I and then someone brought up, I was listening to Megan Kelly's and one of her guests brought up that he's like the spokesperson for Tampax. And I'm like, am I like losing my mind? Like what's <laughs> happening? Like, I, know. I don't like, understand. Also just like a PSA personally, like a press statement from the current conservative stop <laughs> posting Dylan Mulvaney video. <laughs> Seriously, I, I can't I'm like, stand it. I, I've been commenting like on posts like, please stop sharing this person's stuff. Like, I think that we're feeding into like the monster by like sharing it widely on our platforms. And like, of course, people push back and they're like, oh, um, you know, we need to be aware of it. And I'm like, oh, I think that we're all very aware <laughs> of what's going on. I think I got it. Okay. Oh, we, we got the picture. Um, I don't know. Do you guys like vibe with that? But like I don't I'm- I don't know because I okay. I saw that um in the last like week or so since Bud Light put out their their can with Dylan Mulvaney that I think their sales <laughs> dropped or something by like 30%. Yeah. Or maybe it was their yeah. stock or something. So in yeah. some yeah. sense it's like and then Dan Bongino was saying like we don't have to like send a message. We don't have to boycott everybody. We just have to get one of them like really good, right? Like that's yeah, the that's example. True. Like boycotting is hard, but like if you can like choose one and set the example, like this is what happens when you do this. And you know what's so funny is you um you know people have been saying like 
I think it was Candace Owens that was like, why, why is it that the men are going in the women's sports and the women, it's not like happening the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Because like, the men wouldn't put up with it. And who drinks Bud Light? Men. Men. Yeah. 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 That's I would so love true. for like a transgender we- person to try to get in the NBA or get on the Lakers or whatever. This stuff would end immediately. Like you, you mess with my basketball. You mess with my, also like, like- my, football like yeah i don't understand why it's like a big deal for people to be like yeah men are like you don't have like a woman going into powerlifting and competing against men like they're they're stronger like i'm sorry like we're built different right right (laughs) it's an all-out attack on women because we're providers of life like we have different strengths you know yep but the whole point right is it's not about your skill level because if it were we wouldn't let the men in because we would acknowledge that it's unfair. It's about having compassion. Right. So why don't we have these diversity hires on the NBA or whatever? Because mm-hmm. it's not about skill. It's about diversity, inclusion. So include the women. They yeah. might not be as good as you, but include them because that's what it's about, right? So let them destroy the NBA. And we just end this like right here, right now. So true. I I always I've been wondering that. I'm like, why aren't any women go- wanting to play man men's sports? Such a weird concept. You get um, railroaded. Yeah, and then also don't forget like the U.S. soccer women's team. They competed like they did like a scrimmage or something against a team of boys that were 15 years old, and the U.S. women's soccer team lost to the boys. Wow. That were 15. Wow. Yeah. So, easily put, yeah, simply said, (laughs) (laughs) don't we, men have bigger hearts, they have bigger bones, they are, they have a longer, um, you know, arm span, yeah, wingspan, yeah, wingspan, is it wingspan, (laughs) wingspan, I don't know, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, yeah, I mean, literally, they're meant to, they're meant to do just heavier lifting things than women just that we don't have to explain this we're just completely built different and like the same goes too for like what they're doing to men because they're like the emasculation of men the degradation of like the strength of men that's a that's you know that's a thing too so it's like it, they're both both of us <laughs> everyone's I, mean, just I remember here. when like the toxic masculinity conversation oh started gosh. like probably you know 10 years ago at this point and like what we were saying with the progressive slippery slippery slope and yeah. you know of course they had to start breaking down men 10 years ago and then they progressed feminizing all, yeah they progressed on all of these other um you know agenda talking points and then now here we are like boys like teenage and young men boys do not have like strong male examples anymore in society I mean like they could search them out but but really what they're getting fed is like wear dresses paint your nails be soft have you guys seen guys wear pearl necklaces I see I've seen several guys wear like pearls and I'm like I am so confused, but this is that like non-binary Harry style yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. thing happening. Like, yeah. Just mm. fluid. Androgynous kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so strange. To yeah. Me. So. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because like you said something earlier, Natalie, about like, 
it's a, I mean, we're all talking about it. It's a slippery, slippery slope where you think like, oh, it's, it's not going to get to that, to the point where it is now where men are literally competing as women in women's sports and winning trophies. Like (laughs) the fact that we're even saying that is mind boggling to me. Um, but it's like, I, you know, went to a school where that like, it was very liberal. And I remember being around, like I was in this, like, you know, on this committee or whatever. And there was someone who had like, you know, he had like acrylic nails and he was like all like done up and stuff, but like short hair, like still looked kind of like a man, but like dressed like a woman. So I don't know where he fell into the category. I didn't know him, but like just from appearance, you know, but the acrylic nails always like gets it for me. But it's just, (laughs) it's interesting because like I remember thinking to myself and that wasn't the first time that I had seen something like that. It was like very liberal school, but I remember thinking like, I'm just, I'm just going to ignore this. You know, like I'm even, I was even a culprit of that. Like this, this can't, like, this isn't going to like be long lived. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like this can't go anywhere. Like (laughs) how is this going to get off the ground? You know what I mean? Like we're talking about such a small percentage of people. Like most people don't freaking believe this. Like most Mm -hmm. people don't want this. They don't believe it. They don't think it's real. It's not a thing. Like they're just not amused by this whole thing, but they just choose to ignore it because they don't think that anything's going to happen. And yeah, I they think don't it's know important what to too. Yeah. And I think it's important too, to realize that like the companies like boycotting may, and I think it's important to tell these companies, we do not support what you're doing. I think it's extremely important because we need to show our voice somehow. And that is like one way to do it. But at the same time, like they're not making these policies because they think that they're going to make more money off of it. They're making these policies because they're beholden to the people who own stocks and the C-suite level people who have stock options. And if they don't follow, if they don't fall in line and they don't follow suit, then they will get fired and then they lose their entire you're talking like, about livelihood. like the, you're talking about like the ESG thing yeah, and the CEI yeah. consumer yeah. index whatever and thing and it's like they point like as a corporation right. to be following human rights stuff and I'm like okay cool so where were you when the Uyghurs were getting murdered and still are in China you know what I'm saying like oh, I think yeah so, so why though? Why do those C-suite people want to do that? I think that's a good thing to explain to the audience. Like we we're hearing a lot about that, but why? Why do they want to push this stuff? I I don't. I think it ultimately again falls under the overarching theme of transhumanism and the agenda to basically psychological subversion. Like they're literally, so when the USSR took over Eastern Europe, they used something called salami tactics and they would do this in the media where they would slowly cut out the original narrative and then they would fill it in with their own ideology. And that's what we're living through right now is Mm. salami style tactics. Um, And so like little by little, they'll just move it along. That's why you can never give the communist mob an inch because they will work towards a mile. mile. Um, And so like, I guess the why again is they want a godless more like, godless society with no morals the communist ideology is literally that Karl Marx said that and that's you know what they're trying to basically manifest in America who you know stands on God and freedom we're completely opposite God family and freedom that that's we are literally the last beacon of hope and I hear this a lot like with people who've left 
socialist and communist countries. It's like, where else are we going to go? Yeah. There's no, there's literally no other place. So yeah. if they can take down America, they got this on lock and they figured it out that they just need to infiltrate us uh, ideologically through, through the way that we think rather than with, you know, uh, tanks and, you know, the army really like how we've seen, you know, with invasions and infiltration in the past. It's soft power. Yeah. I think that's certainly, um, you know, where we're at. And I think in the realm of like something interesting to point out with, um, you know, the feminism, feminist movement, um, it's a, it's a little bit of a spicier take, but if you research like women's suffrage <laughs> um, and you will find like that such a very small amount of women wanted to actually pass women's suffrage. And it was kind of like forced down the throats of a lot of women because I mean, I'd, obviously I didn't live during the women's suffrage, but um, <laughs> I don't think that a lot of women were really wanting to go into the workforce. But if you are, yeah, in the, the workforce and voting and all of that. I think feminism pushed open the doors for so much of the degradation that we have, we've talked about on this episode. Um, You know, the breakdown of the family, the normalizing of divorce, the normalizing of homosexuality, Mm -hmm. no morale, no responsibility, the mother. Abortion. Yeah. Abortion. Mothers aren't in the home. They're out working. They, they They can get taxed too. Yeah. They can tax two incomes. No longer does an American family live on one income. We need two now because of debt and, um, you know, government loans and subsidies. I don't know. It just, it's, it definitely was a key move to expand the federal government, centralized power and, create a soft democracy. I heard this term the other day and I'm like, oh my gosh, that describes so much. Like, I know, was it a soft democracy? I think maybe they said feminine democracy. Mm. And I, and I know that we're not, I know that we're not a democracy, but when you get a feminine democracy, it doesn't, it no longer has these um, guardrails, like what you're talking about and everything goes and there's no real, you know, uh, societal norm and I, I I for one like I can't think of any other country who has gone through you know what America is currently going through like our this particular era is so unique to human history um, and I just I think a lot of us are just like what the heck do we do you know Ultimately, God's in control, so I don't I don't get like too stressed out. Thankfully, I have my faith. I feel bad for those that don't have a faith because I don't know how they work through these things. I don't. So. Well, they they let it slide until yeah. things they won't they won't really have to confront it until things get bad enough to have to confront it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't Do know how think- they, I don't know how they watch you know, drag queen story hours and kids uh, getting lap dances from drag queens. Like, I don't know how people yeah, watch that and think, mm, you know, oh, that's not good, but yeah. what can you do? Like, I don't know how people can stay in the middle after seeing stuff like that. It's because of the demoralization. It's, and, it's yeah. lowered our standards on so many things. And desen- being desensitized, you know, totally. it's just everything is so sensational. Like you see these right. 
parades and festivals and it's like just how freaking crazy demonic and like scary can you be you know and people Mm -hmm. love to see it like they just want to see how like depraved it can be yeah and I I, that's such a good point and um also I I saw something the other day and it was like uh it was talking about how you know we conservatives um we didn't have a problem with like drag shows when they're happening at gay bars like because that was a particular you know niche part of the city yeah and if you wanted to go see that you could like there were no protests then obviously it was among all consenting adults but now they've you know pushed it onto our children and it's become now a more of a a a, something that the public needs to take part in to stop it um but that's that's the problem go ahead yeah for me that makes me think well was that inevitable you allowed mm-hmm. it a little bit. You said, that's okay. You do you. Mm-hmm. And was it inevitable? Like, can you separate what you do in your personal life from how you present to society and how you influence society? Like, can you really do that? Um mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So I mean, I think that's the problem too, is that a lot of people don't don't see that it's wrong. Like they see it as an open-mindedness. They see, oh, I'm introducing my children to being open and accepting and inclusive. That's the scariest part to me is like you see these parents get confronted and they're like, oh, like, no, like, yeah, I want to, or, you know, freaking country stars like parading around with drag queens on stages with kids watching and saying, yeah, I'm going to come arrest me. I'm going to introduce my son to a, to a drag queen or whatever. Like, Mm-hmm. Great, please arrest someone. Please arrest <laughs> Like, please. Yeah. It's just, you know, like it's that's really scary to me. And I think that I think that is a really like important part of this is that like the whole thing with the communist, like communism coming in being infiltrated here. People don't even know what communism is, so like they can't point mm-hmm. out or like identify what's happening. They just think times are changing. We're evolving. Like that woman said in the marketing thing of the Bud Light, she's like, well, we need to evolve and change. And how do we do that? Well, we become more inclusive. You know, they might know what they're doing, but like their audience doesn't. So yeah. Yeah. Do they even know what they're doing? Like who is really, you know, behind it? Like the marketing lady, does she know? I think certainly. I think obviously this is all very intentional. Yeah. So, I mean, I talk about like, you know, the incompetence of the Biden admin, but like really it's very an intentional incompetence, you know, it's, there's an intention behind everything and nothing just really just happens by coincidence anymore. It's yeah. all very planned and there is a political agenda with, you know, oh my gosh. this whole ideology. For Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And I was like the article that I, you know, showing you guys earlier about this woman named Saul Amarova. She's was the nominee in 2021 for comptroller of currency. You're like, oh, <laughs> completely regular job. Like, <laughs> what? how can she be like an infiltrator, you know? Mm-hmm. No. Well, she was, I mean, her nomination was eventually withdrawn in December of 2021. So I guess maybe because she had a lot of critics uh, from Congress. But it's so I just found it so interesting because she's she grew up in Soviet Kazakhstan. And she's, you know, claims she doesn't support socialism and communism, but she's talking about how um, how those countries are so much better because they don't have the gender gap that we have here. And that, mm. you know, what does it say? Um, 
people's salaries should be set in a gender blind manner and all women irrespective of any gender gap should get the munificent maternity benefits but but things are still like a dream in our living society and she's she she wrote a paper about how to democratize banks and the financial system in a way that's like inclusive mm. so it's like you can see how they're trying to blend all you know like the 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 this this is the structure of like our financial system with like gender neutrality. Why are those two things even like related right. in the same conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. So interesting. I remember when um the Biden admin had that girl. Oh, my gosh. I'm forgetting her name. She was also like Russian or something. And she was in the um she was going to be the chairwoman of the disinformation. Oh, Do you the, remember yeah. This? I can't remember the Ministry of Truth lady. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. bizarre. I don't know. That just reminded me of that. She was weird. Her smile (laughs) so scary. Can you believe they even tried that? Oh, Nina Jankowitz. Yes. Yeah. And she wrote a book, and it was just so ironic. Um, No, I can't even believe that. I mean, the backlash had to be so much for them to just pull the entire thing. I mean, I think they're pretty dang emboldened to even try that, though. Mm -hmm. What was it, a disinformation governance board or something like that? It was was something like that. It's like, like, that is a reach. Like, really? Oh, yeah, you're right. Disinformation governance board. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you combine that with them indicting Trump, right? Yeah. It's like you're looking at these things and what you were talking about earlier, like, um, I think when you were talking about fascism, you were talking about, or you were talking about how they slowly, in the Soviet Union, they slowly changed mm-hmm. the narrative. They little by little, they they changed Islamic it. Tactics, yeah, yeah, and you see how okay, you're getting conservatives are banned on Instagram, YouTube, we're censored. Um, I, you know, things like that, and it's like the things that they're doing. How does a normal person look at that and be like, mm, me? Well, because they, they're not paying attention. I think they just yeah. also don't know history. Like yeah. people do not know how, what these little ins and outs were, how they maneuvered themselves um, and made their ideology look really good. And yeah. honestly, the uh, the socialists are very good at that. Yeah. Like how we're talking about how they changed wording and they use, you know, yeah. inclusivity and diversity, right. equity and inclusion. Equality. Yeah. Equal. It's going to be equal. Why shouldn't we all share? Yeah. Why? Yeah. They pull at exactly. the heartstrings. They pull out those heartstrings of people. And, and so it's like you get emotion involved. And again, women are very emotionally, <laughs> you know, we, we go with our emotions a lot. And so, of course, they wanted, you know, yeah. feminists, women suffrage, exactly. etc. I'm not necessarily. Men. Men. Yeah, I'm not necessarily. <laughs> Ali like, doesn't want to vote. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to repeal women's suffrage. Yeah. Please, no. no. Um, <laughs> maybe not all the way. But, you know, there's certain things that you need to question everything. Yeah. <laughs> Moral of the story, question everything. There's always been an agenda. You just have to find it. So Yeah. Yeah. Um anything else to add, guys? I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. That was a fun conversation. These are my favorite <laughs> kinds of talks. Yeah, super fun. And well, I think we covered a lot of ground. Um yeah. for sure. 
These are important topics and, you know, it's important for people just to hear because they like, you know, who knows if someone's going to hear it and it's going to like jog something that they're like, oh, I never thought of it that way or never thought of that right. perspective. Mm-hmm. Yep. For well, thanks sure. for joining for us. Sure. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me. Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hope everybody liked it and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, here comes the music again, girl. Dance party. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.